This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 199, episode 199 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? If you and your family celebrated Christmas, hope you had a great Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays. Hope you and your family had a great holiday season. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And this week, once again, very lucky to have Jack's Abbey as a sponsor of the Banner Banter Podcast. Jack's Abbey is a local microbrewery in Framingham, Massachusetts. Jack Sabby and the Boston Celtics have teamed up to make a delicious and crisp 96-calorie light lager called Banner City. So if you're heading out to the two Celtics home games this week at TD Garden, raise one before and even during the game. The best part about Jack's Abbey, Banner City, is the fact that they have spent years of perfecting lager practice with this great 100% American two-row barley. Make sure the next time you are drinking responsibly watch the, and watching the Celtics, you try Banner City, Boston's light lager, and the official beer of the Boston Celtics. And thanks to the great people at Jack's Abbey, tomorrow, Wednesday, December 28th, I will be doing a giveaway on the Banner Banter Podcast Instagram page, at Banner Banter Podcast. All you have to do is comment on what your favorite Jack's Abbey beer is and tag a friend. We will randomize all the names, and one lucky winner will get a Jack's Abbey merchandise package. Sounds great, doesn't it? Super duper. Oh, also, just a reminder, if you missed it on all the social medias and all that stuff or missed the announcement last week, we are going to be doing a watch party at Studio B next to Big Night Live, which, which is where we did all the watch parties for the NBA Finals on Thursday, January 19th for the Warriors game. It is free admission. There'll be a bunch of Jack's Abbey merch, a bunch of Jack's Abbey Banner City all over the place for you to try and enjoy. It'll be a great time. Bring your friends. Great. Okay. What's next? Oh, yeah. I'm part of the Big Night Media team. Drinks after work. Eat the damn cake. 30 Flirty and Surviving. Wicked Fast Podcast. I'm the promoter. He's the DJ. Music You're Missing. A Chance to Strive. No Limits with Kevin Cooney. Be Fit. And so many other great podcasts. You can always check out Card Vault Breaks every single day. Whatnot. YouTube. Instagram. Facebook. You can always go down in person at the Card Vault. Patriot Place. Foxwoods. There's a Card Vault card show January 28th and 29th down at Foxwoods Resort Casino. You can always follow Big Night Media on Instagram at Big Night Media for your chance to win Timmy Ticket Tuesday tickets to upcoming shows at Big Night Live. And you can always go to BigNightShop.com to get your Banner Banter podcast merchandise. Okay. How is everyone doing? Here we go. Episode 199. One more away from 200. What a wild run it's been. Um, but hey, the Boston Celtics are currently 24-10, and 10, first place in the Atlantic Division, and most importantly, first place in the Eastern Conference after their huge, huge, huge win against the Milwaukee Bucks at TD Garden. Um, 
But there is something we got to keep an eye out for. We got to keep an eye out on some of these other Atlantic Division teams. Right now, as we're playing the games on Monday, the Brooklyn Nets are currently beating the Cleveland Cavaliers and would be sliding into third place in the Eastern Conference. So right now, as of the Monday night action that's going on, four out of the top six teams in the Eastern Conference are from the Atlantic Division. That's right. The Nets, the 76ers, the New York Knicks, and your Boston Celtics. The Nets are two and a half games behind the Celtics, and if they do beat the Cavs tonight, they'll only be two games behind the Celtics after winning eight in a row. 76ers have won eight in a row as well, and they're only three games back. The New York Knicks are seven and three in their last 10 games, a half a game up of not being in the play-in. So what's the difference? Like, why are the Nets and the Knicks and um, the 76ers kind of creeping up? I mean, I'm not too worried about the Knicks, but like the 76ers and Nets are beating teams that they should. During this run, the Nets have beat the Hornets, the Hawks, the Pacers, the Wizards, Raptors, Warriors without Steph Curry, and then the Bucks. So six out of those eight teams have a losing record. And they beat the teams that they were supposed to beat. And then you look at the 76ers during their little run. Lakers, Hornets, Kings, Warriors without Steph, Raptors, Pistons, Clippers, and Knicks. Five out of those eight teams have losing records. They're beating teams that you're supposed to beat. But then you have the Boston Celtics, who over the last week or so have lost to the Magic twice and the Pacers too. Now, the Pacers are only one game over 500. So again, that's tough. But the Celtics cannot take any more games off if they want the number one seed. We can all agree uh, that if the Celtics have home court advantage throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs, don't you think that's a good thing? Don't you think the fans want that? Don't you think the players, the coaches, the families, all the employees for the Celtics want to be home more than being on the road? Don't you think that's a good thing? I mean, we're 34 games into the season. we got 48 more to go. It's a long way to go, and a lot can happen. But you can't lose three games in a row to teams that you should beat. And especially, especially when the other teams in your own division are playing really well. The Celtics haven't played the Knicks yet, I don't think, off the top of my head, but they've played the Nets, they've played the 76ers, they've beat them both, which is great for obviously tiebreaker reasons. A long way to go for both of those games. The Celtics are playing the uh, 76ers, I think, on January 12th on the road. Um, So yeah, so uh, there's a lot going on behind the Celtics, and the Celtics need to keep their eye on the prize. They can't look behind them in any way, shape, or form. But let's just recap the uh, the week real quick. Uh, they obviously lost to the Pacers 117-112, which was annoying. Then they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 121-109. to And by the way, Rudy Gobert stinks. Can I just say that? Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, I can, right? He stinks. And then they beat the Milwaukee Bucks with Chris Middle, without Chris Middleton, again, 139-118. And then this week, the Celtics have two home games before they start their quick four-game road trip with no back-to-backs. The Celtics are on the road a lot in January, and that's something I'm going to talk about on episode 200 of the Banner Banter podcast next week. But they're on the road a lot. So these couple last home games and this quick little road trip is no joke. I mean, I think they only have like four home games in January, maybe five, if I remember correctly. The Lakers, the Warriors, the Knicks, the Bulls, and the Pelicans. I think that's it. So there's not a lot of opportunity for the Celtics to kind of get comfy at home here uh, because they've been home for a really, really long time and the home stand's really not going that great, if you ask me. But uh, they play the Houston Rockets tonight, if you're listening on Tuesday, when it gets released at 7.30 p.m. Again, they stink. Don't let them come in and beat you. Because right now, here's the thing. The Celtics are now being hunted and have to act accordingly. The Celtics like to hunt. They're, they've never been hunted. 
And that is a mindset that hopefully they can adjust to as soon as possible. Because if you lose to the Rockets after you beat a good team in the Timberwolves and even a better team in the Bucks, those two wins don't mean anything if you lose to the Rockets. But then after the Rockets, Thursday night, the Clippers coming in town. Again, another 7.30 start. A team that they lost by 22 on their West Coast road trip, what, less than two weeks ago? And the Clippers, they're on a little East Coast road trip. You know, they recently lost to Philly. Then they had the Pistons, the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Pacers. So, and then, oh yeah, oh, oops, excuse me, there's the burp. Um, and finally, one game, the or the first game of the road trip on Sunday, New Year's Day at 8 p.m. in Denver. That should be a fun game. The Nuggets are a very good team and currently the number one seed in the Western Conference. But this week, just real quick, I wanted to talk about a topic that I talked about a few weeks ago, which is Celtics turnovers. Because I think the Celtics turning over the ball a lot is a big issue for this recent slump. So if you remember, I forget what episode it was, but the Celtics earlier this season couldn't turn the ball over if they tried. Their first 26 games of the season, um, from the 76ers game on opening night to that blowout win in Phoenix against the Suns, they averaged about 13 turnovers a game with 27 assists. Since then, it's 14 turnovers per game with 23 assists. And we all know my rule when the Celtics have 25 assists or more. If you're new to the podcast, please hold and I'll explain. But the Celtics are 19-4 and when they have 14 turnovers or less and they are five and six when they have 15 turnovers or more and guess what the clippers game the magic and the pacers from this month were all part of those losses they had 15 turnovers or more and then you also got to include the miami loss on that friday night uh in december at the garden and the overtime loss in cleveland was also one of them so when you look at that and you go okay the Celtics really haven't been great that month. Uh, haven't been great this month. And I wonder why. Oh, four or five out of their six losses when they have 15 turnovers or more are from this month. So if the turnovers go up, that means the assists go down, right? The Celtics have had seven games this year where they have 25 assists or less. Their record is five and three, which isn't bad, right? You know, you, you'll take that five and three. But guess what? The losses against the Magic twice and the Warriors were part of those games. So literally the three losses have been recent. So now if you have good ball movement, what does that lead to? Good shots, the right shots, more comfortable shots. Everyone's in their positions that they're supposed to be in and good things happen. The Celtics are 16-1 and this year when they shoot over 39% from three. And they're 11-1 and when they shoot over 50% from the field overall. And all that is from good ball movement. That sentence did not make any sense. It's been, a, it's been a long month, but if good ball movement and less turnovers, this team can be really good. And listen, I am no expert by any means, just a Boston season ticket holder that has a microphone in front of them. That's it. That's all that I have. But if the Celtics can be mature with the ball and make the right play and don't pass the ball to the other team, they are good and can be very, very fucking hard to beat. So stop looking for all these deep dive answers like is Jalen Brown really bad at defense sure his off ball defense stinks as of late and that's fair that's a fair point but like what about Malcolm Brogdon's defense yeah that okay fine that hasn't been great either what about Rob is it Rob's fault I mean no sure they're one in three with him in the lineup but they lost one of those games without Tatum because he was being a great dad at his son's fifth birthday party and maybe they just have cooled down and this is who they are 
oh, but, but why, but why? Maybe it's not the team that we thought it would be. Blah, blah, blah. You can come up with all the fucking excuses in the world. And I disagree with most of them, except for probably Jalen Brown's off-ball defense. But Joe Mazzulla's system is to run, move the ball, and get open looks, whether that's in the paint or at the three-point line. And the Celtics didn't do that about against the Warriors. They didn't do it against the Clippers. They didn't do it against the Magic. They didn't do it against the Pacers. But guess what they did? They did it against the Timberwolves. They dropped 28 assists and 11 turnovers. And they did it against the Bucks, 29 assists and 9 turnovers. The Timberwolves game, they shot 28% from three, which is awful. And if they shot another three-pointer, I was probably going to deflate every single basketball in the building so the game could be stopped. But at the end of the day, if this team can just not pass the ball to the other team and make the right passes to each other, these stupid little slumps aren't going to happen. The only reason why these slumps happened was because this team can be mentally soft. If you want to have a deep dive answer, can this team be mentally soft? Yes, they can. Because I mean, you could see it in Jalen Brown's free throws. I think Jalen Brown is the most important player on this team. I've been saying it for at least a year now. Jason Tatum is the best player. Jalen Brown is the most important player. And Jalen Brown missing three free throws in a row against the Milwaukee Bucks on Christmas Day was all mental. So if you want to say this team's mentally soft, fine. But at the end of the day, basketball-wise, if they can just not pass the ball to the other team, which is basketball 101, and hit their open shots that their teammates are giving them thanks to good ball movement, like... You're, you're fine. And these little slumps happen. It's the NBA. No one's fucking perfect. It's ridiculous how much people spiral over this stuff. If I don't spiral over it, Captain Spiral McGee here, then everyone else should calm down. And with that being said, let's do stud and dud of the week. Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 199 of the Banner Banter Podcast. And folks, the stud of the week is Red Panda. What? Red Panda? Who the hell is Red Panda? Well, clearly you haven't gone to a Celtics game, stayed during halftime, and lived your life. That's right. The gift that keeps on giving. Red Panda is your stud of the week. What an icon. Like, Seriously, I mean, for starters, a close runner-up for stud of the week was probably Derek White's haircut. He finally played out of his slump versus the T-Wolves and the Bucks after he shaved like 75% of his hair, which was crazy. But since then, it's worked. So, hey, shout out to Derek White's barber. But Red Panda, oh, what a Christmas miracle this was. Getting that announcement halfway through the first quarter, everyone in my section was looking at me like I had 12 heads because I was so excited that Red Panda was going to be there. Red Panda is an older woman with heels on and a dress and goes up on a unicycle. Unicycle is just one, right? Anyways, she goes up on this thing with a wheel with two pedals. And it is like probably five feet above where the wheel is, the seat, that being. And she just flips bowls from her right leg and lands them on her head. And at one point, she did five bowls after she did probably eight or nine. There was like 13 bowls on her head as she's on this fucking bike. It is unbelievable. I'm telling you, if Red Panda dies, whether that's 10 years from now, 20 years from now, tomorrow, there should be patches on the NBA players' uniforms because she's just, 
She's incredible. You know you are playing in a very important basketball game when Red Panda's in the building. And that I better see Red Panda a lot more because the Boston Celtics are going to be playing in a lot of important games this season, or at least I fucking hope so. So the stud of the week is Red Panda. Thanks for being you. Uh, the dud of the week is Malcolm Brogdon. We all know I am a huge fan of Malcolm Brogdon. We, I say it all the time, but I just really didn't like how he played this week, just based off the eye test. I feel like he was forcing too much. His defense seemed off. He just didn't really seem comfortable out there. He shot 23% from three, which obviously isn't ideal. In the last two games against the Timberwolves and the Bucks, he only scored in single digits, which can't happen when you're, most, when you're the most important player off the bench. Sorry to all the number 12 fans. I'm keeping it 100 with you. I mean, he did drop 18 points against the Pacers, which is the first time he played against them since he got traded, um, which was nice and needed. But his last two games, he only had a total of three assists. Um, and he's a guy that should be creating for others, especially when he's on the floor with Jalen and Jason, whether it's both of them at the, at the same time or at least one of them. So for arguably a guy who could start on a lot of NBA teams to come off the bench and play his role properly because, I mean, let's be honest, Peyton Pritchard should have never started that Pacers game. That was so fucking stupid of Joe Mazzulla. And it could have been Malcolm Brogdon, but Joe Mazzulla, this is where I understand he wants to keep everything the same. And Malcolm Brogdon took it like a pro, very professional, and I love that about him. So it's probably just an off week for Malcolm Brogdon, which is okay with me, and that happens. But I need to see him pick it up this week. And he's one of those people where if Malcolm Brogdon can score 12 points and get you six assists a game huh i mean let's go and limit the turnovers because like again 28 assists and 11 turnovers you're hitting all your three pointers that's how you win basketball games maybe it's not how every single team wins basketball games but it's why the boston celtics are currently 24 and 10 and why they've won two in a row and hopefully are back on track and hopefully they continue that this upcoming week with their three games against the rockets the clippers and the nuggets so tonight the Rockets, TD Garden, 7.30 p.m. The Rockets have lost five in a row, and they're currently playing the Chicago Bulls as I record this. So they will be on the second night of a back-to-back. Paul, Sire, uh, Paul Silas, who recently passed away, former Boston Celtic, uh, won a couple championships with the Celtics. We talked about that last week. His son, Stephen Silas, is the coach of the Rockets, so that will be pretty cool. Hopefully the Celtics do something for him there. Um, listen, the Rockets, they're... They're a young, young team with a lot of talent, but they got a long way to go, especially after losing uh, Christian Wood during the offseason. Jalen Green is a great young player, dropping over 20 points a game. He's a dog. He plays so hard. Really like him as a player. Kevin Porter Jr., another nice player um, who gets a lot of people involved. I think he's averaging almost six assists a game, but he's kind of inconsistent at times. Sagan is a good young big man for them. Who else is on that team? Oh, yeah, Eric Gordon's on that team. He could still shoot the lights out. And here's the thing. The Rockets have the third worst defensive rating in the league, and they have the third worst three-point shooting team in the league. Now, now that I say that, watch. They'll probably shoot 75% from three. But again, the third worst defensive rating. So you know what that means to me? Less than 15 turnovers. I'm sorry, less than 14 turnovers. And 26 assists, let's say. I'm going to go. The Celtics are going to do, this is going to be a prediction. They're going to have 30 assists, 11 turnovers. No, 30 assists, 12 turnovers against the Rockets. That's what they're going to do. And they're going to blow them out because they should. Because it's the third worst defensive rating in the league. Second night of a back-to-back against a young team. Don't take this one off. Please, for the love of God. And then you have the click... The, uh, what the hell was that that came out of my mouth? Um, then you have the Clippers game. And I feel like this one's pretty simple. You should go into this game 
really fucking pissed off. You lost by 20 and you got embarrassed by them a couple weeks ago while you were on the road. And it's not rocket science, but just don't play like you did last week. The Clippers are getting better and better because Kawhi Leonard keeps getting more and more into basketball shape, which is scary for the league, especially if they get in the playoffs. But this is a game where I want Rob to shine because Zubak, they don't really have a big man after him that I'm worried about like at all. You know, I don't care about former Boston Celtic Moses Brown, but this could be a game where Joe unleashes Rob. I'm not saying start him, but he's got five games under his belt. He's playing 13, 14 minutes a game. Maybe extend him a little bit. Maybe give Rob 16, 17 minutes. And this could be a huge mismatch, especially if Zubac gets in foul trouble. I mean, you remember the last game against the Clippers? Smart went one of six. Tatum went seven of 20. And oh, by the way, Al Horford didn't play. And the Clippers have a bottom three offense in the league, but a top six defense. They play the game very slow. So if you can have Rob run the floor and not, and they don't have a big man, if Zubak's taking a breather, I mean, you now have two guys that give you a huge advantage against the Clippers that you didn't have a couple weeks ago when you're on your West Coast road trip. So I'm actually going to be kind of annoyed if they don't beat the Clippers, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think the last time... The, uh, what was it, last weekend? Yeah, I think it was Friday. The Clippers played the 76ers and Embiid dropped a shitload of points. That's exactly what you can do with Al and Rob out there. So, yeah. And then the first game of that quick little four-game road trip in Denver, Sunday at 8 8 p.m. This game was the last time the uh, Celtics and the Nuggets played each other. That was the game where number 12 shot a uh, free-throw basketball wedgie. Um, which was so embarrassing and unreal and literally should lower the amount of money number 12 gets when he resigns with the Celtics. Um, but anyways, the Celtics did beat you know this team, like I just mentioned, one, 131 to 112. Tatum dropped 34. Horford dropped 21. Jalen had 25. The Celtics had 30 assists and seven turnovers. Look at that. Bringing it all back together. A little circle of life action. Yeah? You like that? Good. Um, But listen, the Nuggets are on a four-game win streak, including wins over the Suns and the Grizzlies, two very good teams. The the Joker had another triple-double, and he's continuing to creep up in the MVP conversation. Aaron Gordon, playing like an all-star this year. He should make the all-star team. He also had one of the craziest dunks I've seen in a long time. He, like, jumped from the elbow, thought it was an offensive charge. I forget who he dunked on. Who cares? It was such a wonderful thing to watch and then they it was in overtime he got called for the charge they overturned the call the nuggets won the game it was wild and then don't forget michael porter jr good player didn't play that great against the last time the celtics played him al shut him down pretty well jamal murray if jamal murray gets going and his shot gets going the the nuggets are hard to beat because it's like who am i going to watch am i going to watch porter am i going to watch the Joker from when I'm watch Murray. I can't have him shoot a lot of threes. And Murray does play better when he's at home than he does on the road. So, <clears throat> excuse me. But one negative thing is, you know, Jeff Green, who's been playing very well for them lately, he has a hand injury. He'll be out uh, for a while. So that sucks. But the positive about that for the Boston Celtics, the Nuggets bench isn't really that deep and not really trustworthy or good. Um, so if the Celtics bench, Malcolm Brogdon, Rob Williams, number 12 can play very well in this Nuggets game. The Celtics should be able to go 3-0 this week at minimum 2-1. That's the only thing I'll accept. None of this fucking 1-2 bullshit. 
during the week. Nope, can't stand that. And uh, guess what? That's going to be it for episode 199 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening as always. Don't forget to check out the Banner Banter Podcast Instagram page tomorrow for a Jax Abbey Banner City Merchandise Package Extravaganza. It will be on Wednesday, December 28th, probably around 12 p.m. All you have to do is comment on what is your favorite Jax Abbey beer and tag a friend, and we'll randomize one winner to win the merchandise package. And uh, that's it. So thank you so much for listening, as always. You can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBanter18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast. And we will talk to you soon. Happy New Year. I will talk to you next year. (laughs) I hate that joke. But anyways, I'm going to shut up now. Thanks for listening. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.